0: G'day, it's Sunday. I'm Scott Gibbons and this is On The Road. So if you're ready to be on the road, I'm ready to be on the road. Let's get on the road together and we're going to learn all about caravans and motorhomes and maybe some camper trailers and tents and places to go and see. We're going to explore Australia together. This is going to be fun. If you're ready, fasten the seatbelt. We're on the road. Alrighty, we can't go travelling at the moment. Some of the borders are closed. Some of the states are saying don't come anywhere near us and that's all fair. So, you know, unnecessary travel. We don't need to do it at the moment. But what do we need to do? We need to clean our RV. So if you've got a tent or a motorhome or a camper trailer or a caravan, then go out there and pull it all apart. Pull everything out of it and see what you need, what you don't need, what needs replacing, what needs reorganising. Just have it so you've got it ready. When they put drop that flag again and they say, ''Go!'' then you're ready to go. You don't sort of get there and think, ah, I forgot to do that, I didn't do this, I didn't get that serviced, whatever it was. So maybe, maybe one of the things you need is a little handheld vacuum cleaner because the domestic vacuum cleaners just can be, at times, too big. They won't get into those very, very fine nooks and crannies that we want, so maybe a little handheld vacuum is something to consider. A lot of people I know, they'll wash their caravan, they'll wash their motorhome, they'll do everything lovely, but they forget... To clean the insides of the windows, so it's the insides of the windows as well as the outsides that needs to be good. You need to be able to sit in there and not be out looking through filth and grime and whatever else, because windows get cloudy, don't they? So make sure, make sure that you've got your windows nice and clean. And don't forget that when you're doing your windows, the window and door seals need to be done. So regularly clean your window and door seals. Just use a mild dish detergent, or, if you want to, a specialized cleaner. But you might want to spend a little bit more this time just to make sure that your seals um, are moisturized, so that you've, you've given because that'll make them last longer. Because it's especially important if you're doing any any hot driving. Australia is a hot country, so if you're doing any hot driving, you're going out to the desert areas and whatnot. Very importantly, that your window and door seals are maintained because you don't want them cracking. Because when they crack, they'll let in dust, they'll let in uh, rain. Uh, not good. Um, your tanks, your water tanks, your grey tank and black black water tanks. Uh, you know when you when you're just storing your vehicle, make sure that they've They're being looked after so that you don't get all those nasty odours and things and whatnot. So, you know, flush out your tanks, keep everything nice and refreshed, have a good pair of strong rubber gloves, a hose, a bucket, all the little things that you need so that when you do your tanks, it's all done properly. You've also got to prepare or prevent, prevent mould and mildew, of course, so that's a, a real enemy Of an RV, so uh, that includes you know running your air conditioning in in humid environments, uh, opening your windows and your doors when possible. Um, You might even want to put in some moisture-absorbing packets into your cupboards and your storage areas and whatnot, so that any area that has mildew, you try and fix it up really good. Um, So. Washing mildew-smelling clothing in, in a washer, if you're going to wash it, then put in a couple of cups of distilled white vinegar and that should kill off the bugs and it should leave your clothes smelling fresh and lovely again. So getting rid of mould and mildew, very importantly. One of the things to do is is maybe just get a can of, a spray can of silver paint and repaint your your gas bottles because you are good-looking gas bottles. It makes the whole thing look sharp, doesn't it? So the overall appearance... Uh, appearance that the bright tanks they look good give your tires some shine i bought a whole bunch of tire shine from uh from super cheap and it's just it's a it's a spray can and you just run your tires over i gave some to to uh, some friends of mine i gave some to jimmy and 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 it's just good stuff because you can spray your tires and they look terrific and it takes maybe Oh, six, seven seconds of tyre, so really, really good. So if you've got a big rig and you've got, you know, your four on your on your car and you've got your, your one on your spare and then you've got, say, four on your trailer and another one on your spare, you can spray them all in a couple of minutes and, hey, it looks good. Uh, don't forget your roof. Don't forget your roof. Your roof of the RV is one of the most important areas that you've got to maintain. But because it's up so high... We tend not to do that. So uh, many RV roofs today are constructed from membrane roofing, but you'll still see plenty of metal roofs. And if if yours is metal, uh, make sure that you wash it anyway. Make sure you wash it because it's, it's very, very important. So if it's a membrane, membrane roofing, then you've got to use maybe a specialised cleaner. You can even take it to your service Company, whoever looks after your van, you can get them to check the roof out because they've got the big, tall ladders or the gantry or whatever, and they can get to it and they can inspect if you've got any tears, or cracks, or rips, or any other damage on that. One of the things that might be a good thing for you to have is those little magic what they call a magic eraser, they're a little white piece of cubey, foamy type stuff. And they're really good. So just make sure that it it doesn't damage the surface that you're trying to clean first. Uh, But they're they're a really good thing. So you get a large box of those. You can get them from $2 shops or Bunnings or anywhere else. And they can be really good. They're, They're made from, it's like an incredibly fine sandpaper. But really, really good. Gets off marks and things like that. Good. Now, check your fridge. Empty your fridge out, (laughs) get right up into all those little crevices and whatnot. So clean it, make it shiny, everything's beautiful so that, and run your fridge, even when you've got your van in storage, run your fridge from time to time, run your air conditioner from time to time so it lubricates all the things, it doesn't just dry, you can't just park it and then hope that everything's going to be good in six months time or whatever it be run the thing so that it's got some uh, some lubrication going through it. Clean out your storage areas all those little bits and pieces that you keep in your tunnel boot and whatever else pull all of those out, see what's necessary see what's good, see what's broken because we all take the broken part and put it back into the tunnel boot or whatever don't we? And then we've got more and more weight that we don't need to carry so pull out all of that accumulation of dirt, debris and all the things make sure you've got your chocks and your ramps and everything good. Maybe you want to wash wash the undercarriage of your RV. Check that out. Make sure that there's no leaks or big bumps or that you haven't picked up any major sticks and, and whatever else. So that's worthwhile getting done. A routine maintenance, getting the everything checked is worthwhile. If you're going in for a service, then check that out as well. And make sure that your, your mattress and your linens and everything are in good nick, because many times you'll find that, um, you know, you can come back from a trip, and you pull everything apart, and you you wash them and whatnot, but, you know, have some spares, lots of spares, good stuff, so that nothing's smelling musty. So take all your sheets off, spray your mattress if it needs to, maybe with a little mixture of water and, and a lavender essential oil or something, allow your mattress to air out, because we often leave them dressed, we leave the bed dressed, but it's not getting any air to it, so... You know, when you, before you make your bed, make sure that, that you've got everything going for it. So a little bit of essential oil, air it off, that would be good. Um, you can do a power wash if you need to do a power wash. That, that might be something that you want to do that's going to get off that heavier grime. So all good, all good. So I reckon, rather than just hoping that she'll be right, you go out, you do that test, you check all those things through, and you have a really good time. You have a really good time. Now, one of the things that you've got to do to have a really good time is is if you want to have all of those things that you need, is to have heron Forbes, and Hare and Forbes Machinery House, they are so good. If you want to get all those proper, proper tools, then you go to Hare and Forbes Machinery House. Now, where are they? Well, they're all around Australia. You've got them in Sydney and Brisbane and Melbourne and Perth. And of course we have difficult times at the moment with the coronavirus, but you just give them a call and maybe they can just ship something straight to you because they've got a really good freight sorting out thing. So they're really, really good. So they've got their 90th birthday sale at the moment. Everything is on sale online and and in store. So you can take advantage of up to $150,000 worth of instant asset write-off, maybe. So you've got to check with your accountant or your business advisor to discuss your particular circumstance, but I'm telling you. If you want the best gear, the best, 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 proper machinery, proper tools, then you go to Hare and Forbes Machinery House. And they're really easy to contact. All you've got to do is go to their website, machineryhouse.com.au. That's machineryhouse.com.au. And you can even become a machinery housemate. And that would be a good thing to do. And that's so easy. All well, you've got to and if you do that. You get $70 worth of free discount vouchers, so super, super easy, and they're Australian. They're Australian. They've been around since 1930. Often you can get next-day delivery. They've got service, they've got support, and all their products are quality-guaranteed products, so machineryhouse.com.au. That's the people to go to. Now, what we said is that you've got to go and clean your RV because you don't just want it to be hopeful that everything's going to be she be right mate so why don't we have she be right mate with Slim Dusty, here we go, she be right mate Slim Dusty, hey it's Scott Gibbons, it's Sunday we're on the road, we're on the road with you even if we're not on the road at the moment we're still on the road together, here we go Slim Dusty
1: As the sun rose over Newport that day in 83 the boxing kangaroo had found a place in history the wonder from down under had won that famous mug and here's the song we sang along in every Aussie pub She'll be right, mate, she'll be right Just remember that you're an Aussie and you'll never give up the fight When your back's to the wall just give your all It's morning, noon and night She'll be right, mate, she'll be right Australia's own Jack Brabham. racing was his game A mighty man behind the wheel, a legend he became he won it once, he won it twice, but he kept going back Three times a champion of the world, good on your mate Sir Jack She'll be right, mate, she'll be right Just remember that you're an Aussie and you'll never give up the fight When your back's to the wall, just give your all each morning, noon and night She'll be right, mate, she'll be right Now Captain Alan Border, Australian of the Year He took our team to victory, mate, and kept the ashes here. Following in the footsteps, tradition of the don. Eleven blokes who give their most, but that you can't go wrong. She'll be right, mate, she'll be right. Just remember that you're an Aussie and you'll never give up the fight. When your back's to the wall, just give your all. Each morning, noon and night, she'll be right, mate, she'll be right. Now all you Aussie battlers, when you feel you've had enough Things are never going right and life's a little rough Just get out there and try again and back yourself for first The Aussies always do their best when things are at their worst She'll be right, mate, she'll be right just remember that you're an Aussie And you'll never give up the fight When your back's to the wall, just give you all, it's morning, noon and night. She'll be right, mate! She'll be right once again, she'll be right, mate! She'll be right! Just remember that you're an Aussie And you'll never give up the fight when your back's to the wall, just give you all, it's morning, noon and night. She'll be right, mate! She'll be right!
0: That's right! Ah, Slim Dusty, she'll be right. You've got to love a bit of Slim, eh? Got to love a bit of Slim. Now, getting gone for the long haul in in, uh, camper trailer lifestyle, they've been talking about some of the things that you can do before you do your big trip. So there's nothing uh, simple about hitching up. So you've got to make sure the hitching up is done and organised so that when you hit the blacktop, you are ready to go for your epic adventure. But the lead-up to the trip can be a little hectic at times, and if you've never visited a particular region, it's hard to know what you're going to need. So with that in mind, here's a couple of ideas of from some of their experts on what to do to get ready for your big trip. And I t- it, it's exciting, because I know at the moment we can't go, but hey, we, we've got to do it. So number one is to budget. Now it's really hard to budget for a trip, it is, but determining how much money you're going to need to complete a big trip can be a bit daunting, especially for those lengthier trips, the multi-month trips. So the trick is to break it down into simple terms and applying a daily budget. It's the easiest way to do it. But how do you do that? Well, they say it's fairly simple. You start by categorising the trip's expenses into groups like fuel, activities, entertainment, camping fees, food, drink, that sort of thing, and then work out how much money you'll need to safely cover those expenses each day. And don't forget, entertainment's one of those things because when you go into a town, we now want to go to a pub and buy some things so that we can help the towns as we go along. So, you know, allow a bit extra because it could mean the difference between arriving into town and you've got some money in your pocket or not. So budgeting's really important. Now, here's a really good one. This is good. You've got to keep the convoy happy. So if you're travelling in a group, plan to save some time uh, away from each other because it'll give you and and whoever you're travelling with some good quality time together and ensure that you keep your friendships with travel mates for years to come. So share the lead. Sharing the lead is a really good thing. It gives everybody a sense of importance, gives everybody a clear run away from the dust because whoever is leading generally doesn't get the dust so if you're on the country road you don't want the. so you share the lead everybody gets a bit of a go at it so you might do it today somebody else does it tomorrow somebody else does it the next day and you take it in turns or you can do the morning the afternoon whatever you want to do but get everyone's input about planning the trip and make sure that everyone's happy with the things like the travel distance and the cooking arrangements and who's cooking what and when and where and that sort of thing so you've got it all pre-sorted and, and ensure that you get an understanding around what others want to also get out of the trip. So it's not just the leader that says, hey, this is what we're doing. Make it a little bit of conciliatory time so that everybody gets some input. Have a little meeting together. When we're allowed to have meetings together, when we're allowed to do that. And here's something that's really good, is consider swapping passengers around every now and then. So, you know, somebody who's in a car all the time with the same driver, yeah, they might want to have time... ...with another driver and, and that passenger swaps up there and swaps around and and maybe even the drivers get to do a bit of a swapping around and become a passenger from time to time. So that's something to really, really consider. I think that's a brilliant idea. So fueling, uh, fueling is one of the things that you've got to consider. You never know what you'll be paying at the pump, you never know. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's up even more than the up. So it makes calculating a budget for your fuel fairly tricky, so if you've got a specific destination or a specific route in mind, then you can work out how many kilometers you need to travel and and then you can take an educated guess as to how much fuel usage you're going to use and you can calculate the total fuel budget for your trip and for long term touring purposes working with a rule of average, that might be a good thing so you know it's it's hard to work on a fuel budget but you can average it out, and with everybody putting their input in, you should come up with some sort of reasonable allowance. Now, your vehicle preparation trips don't leave your vehicle pre-trip until the very last minute. So get your pre-trip check-up and your maintenance service until um, so that everything's done. Because there's nothing worse than rushing your vehicle's maintenance at the last day, trying to get a service done, and it's always wise to allow enough time so that if there is an unexpected part that's needed, then your mechanic has got time to carry out the repairs and locate that part. And something that you might want to consider is replacing your vehicle's fuel filter before a big trip. Could be a wise move. It might not be due to be changed, but, you know, if, if it's got um, 60 to 70% blocked already, <clears throat> pardon me, and you cop a bad load of fuel, then that could that could really spoil your trip. So... Just allow for that might be a good idea just to spoil it because if you get a bad load of fuel, that is bad. And then keep your old replacement parts like your radiator hoses, uh, your fan belts, um, um, any spare parts that you have. Try and keep those so that you've got them handy if you need them. If you need them, good idea to have. Now your food uh, that is... Uh, hardier and longer lasting and has multiple uses that's the thing that you need for four-wheel drive touring and simple choices at the supermarket can make a big difference in the long run so for example a, a packet of tortilla wraps uh, that, that, that beats finding a, a, an old stale loaf of bread that's been all squished up behind the seat so make a and you could also use that to make a pizza base various things powdered milk powdered milk might be better for you than trying to carry cartons of milk because if they go off or they leak through your fridge or whatever, that's nasty. That's nasty. Um, So pre-cook some of your meals. So before a big trip, pre-cook a bunch of meals. Keep them in the freezer. They come in super handy. So if you arrive into a campsite late, then you don't have to start from scratch. You've already got something there. Um, You can pre Pre-prepare or some of your food into portions that are already done, so that's good. Try using cans rather than bottles. Cans rather than bottles, that, that could be good. Stale bread. Now, sometimes you can get stale bread, so you could you could try sprinkling a bit of water over it, or a few drops of water over it, warming it in the camp oven for a minute or two, and that may just freshen it up. So, there's some things for you that that might that might give you something to get along with. If you want something else to get along with then you want to travel in something really good, then consider traveling in a Sunland Caravan because Sunland, oh, they are so good. Sunland Caravans, if you've got your pencil handy, a bit of chalk, a bit of borrow, whatever you've got, sunlandcaravans.com.au. They've been building off-road vans. They The vans that they built are made to last. So wherever you want to go, the Sunland is is just the one to go with. It's, it's got a five-year manufacturer's warranty, and they combine that with an incredible 20-year chassis warranty. So five years manufacturer's warranty, 20-year sh- uh, chassis warranty, they've got you covered. That's good. That, that shows that they've got real confidence in their vans, and they've been building off-road caravans in Queensland, in Caboolture, for over 15 years. So they've undergone more than a million kilometres of off-road testing to every part of Australia. So they can confidently, they can confidently promise you the lightest, the strongest, the most comfortable and well-designed off-road caravan on the market today. And you can go and look at some of their layouts. You can have a look at 3D tours. You can do whatever you want to do. Sunland, S-U-N-L-A-N-D caravans dot com dot au sunland caravans dot com dot au they are really really good people and if you're going to go traveling then you're just going to be in a world of your own if you're in a world of your own why don't we have the seekers thing that to us the seekers a world of our own hey it's scott gibbons it's sunday we're on the road together Even though we're not allowed to be on the road at the moment, we're on the road together. So we're always on the road. It's Sunday. It's between one and two every Sunday, and we're now national. We're on the vast network. Welcome to everybody listening in all around Australia. It's great to be with you. My name's Scott Gibbons. We are on the road, and we've got the seekers coming with you right now with a world of our own.
2: Stay home tonight Far away from the bustle And the bright city lights Let them all fade away Just leave us alone And we'll live in a world of our own We'll build a world of our own
3: That no one else can share All our sorrows
0: Club 4x4 and Adam Schubert got together and and they've come up with a list of some of the things that can make it illegal uh, to do to your 4x4. So that's interesting things. I tell you, there's some interesting things. If you cut or modify the chassis, so the moment you go near your chassis with a grinder or a welder or a torch, then you maybe, maybe can say goodbye to having a legal four-wheel drive because there's a number of reasons well you might do it like, you know, solid axle swaps or chassis bracing or extensions or suspension changes, but to do it properly, you need an engineer to sign it off. You need an engineer to sign it off. So even the cheap chassis bracing kits require an engineer to sign them off as you've you've played with something of incredible importance, which is your chassis. Your chassis needs to flex and it has to take the rigors of four-wheel driving without falling apart. So there are some engineering laws that need to be followed and signed off. Now, one of the things that you always see, always see on a four-wheel drive, many, many times anyway, is the fishing rod holders. So fishing rods are, they're they're bad. (laughs) Fishing rod holders. In in past years, you'd regularly see vehicles with the fishing rod holders attached to their bull bar. And Now, if they stick out forward the bull bar, it's illegal. So it's due to the additional pedestrian risk. So if you were to hit somebody, oh nasty 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 because those things are sharp so if you want to run fishing rod holders you either need to mount them behind the bull bar which is sometimes hard to do or put them on your roof rack so that's another thing installing non oh this is good installing non-adr approved accessories so non-australian design rule accessories so Uh, They govern what you can and you cannot fit to your four-wheel drive. So you can't legally fit accessories to your four-wheel drive that are not ADR approved, Australian Design Rule approved. So this means that custom bull bars or rock sliders or rear bars or roof racks and whatever else, unless, unless it has an Australian Design Rule approval, it's illegal. It's not allowed. So... You know, And sometimes, sometimes you've got to be careful about mating different brands of gear together. You might buy a particular manufacturer's bull bar, and then you take another manufacturer's scrub bars, and all of a sudden, it's not compliant. So that's illegal as well. So you've, you've got to make sure that what you do is right. Now, another funny one is if you install an LSD, a limited slip diff, in a vehicle that didn't have it originally. So some of the 2012 to 2016 Isuzu D-Max rear diffs had a habit of failing very early, like under 100,000 kilometres on the clock. So with the hard-facing giving up and then the diff turning into a pile of metal chunks, a lot of people were taking the older model diff centres from the LSDs and fitting them as a replacement. And that's pretty good thinking, except that it specifically says in the manual that installing an LSD in a vehicle with ESC, which is Electronic Stability Control, is not legal. So it interferes with the way the computer controls the stability of the vehicle, thus rendering it illegal. So a uh, 2012, 2016, a Suzu D-Max, rear diffs, uh, make sure it doesn't have an LSD in it, because if it does, if it has a limited slip diff, it may be, it may be illegal. Here's one so many people are guilty of, so many, it's a... If you install LEDs, uh, light-emitting diodes, or HIDs, into a four-wheel drive that didn't come with them and you don't change the reflectors, then you've made your four-wheel drive illegal. So the reason simple. Your reflectors are designed to reflect halogen light in a nice controlled beam. And when you install LEDs or HIDs, it takes the light and it scatters it in every direction possible. So it might look brighter to you, but it's blinding blinding for any oncoming traffic and frankly it's dangerous so LEDs require self levelling headlights and HIDs need reflectors that channel the light in the right direction so yes you can adjust them down but they're still substantially brighter than the original manufacturer's globe to oncoming traffic so that's not a good thing. Not a good thing. Oh here's one the subject of catch cans. So we talked about catch cans a little while ago they are such a good thing but um A lot of people uh, are running their crankcase ventilation hose to the chassis. They think that's a good idea. And, And you guarantee, absolutely, that no oil makes its way to the intake, but it's also irresponsible and dangerous. So what it does is it pools the oil on your chassis, and that will eventually drip out onto the road for an unsuspecting motorbike rider or a car driver to slip on. So what you've got to do is get a decent catch can, like a ProVent 200, and it's done. It's legal, it's safe, and you won't be putting other lives at risk with oil dripping on the road. And we'll give you one more before we give you a song, and that's haha, spewing excessive amounts of smoke. We've seen that happen. So, you know, you might see a, a, an old four-wheel drive and it's chuffing a bit you know, when you give it a bootful and and all of a sudden it comes out with this big black smoke and everyone's ducking for cover, but uh, all that soot, there's a chance, there's a chance if you're blowing too much smoke that you might have a problem. So, expe- excessive smoke uh, can be reported by the public, and then you'll get a letter asking you to come in and get a roadworthy certificate. And then, uh, beyond that, the excessive smoke is a sign that something's not right. So, you need to get it fixed. So, if you've got excess smoke coming out, take it from me. Take it from me. Go and get it checked because. I had a bit of smoke coming out of my vehicle and all of a sudden she just, the engine blew. So really, you just got to get it checked, get it checked. One more, one more, I'll give you one more. So uh, tyres sticking outside the vehicle body. So if you want to attract the attention of the police, fit (laughs) tyres that are wider or have a more negative offset and and then don't install flares. (laughs) So if you can look down the side of your vehicle and see any parts of the tyres sticking out, then it is not legal. So it's super easy to spot this from a mile away. And when you have people running tires a hundred mil out of the guards, it makes them easy picking. So that's what you've got to do. So aftermarket flares uh, is, is what you need to do. You might even go to Bunnings and get some garden edging or whatever, uh, but you've got to cover up your tires. You've got to make sure that your tires do not extend past the sides of the vehicle. Now, if you're going to do that. If you're going to do that, you're probably doing some off-roading. If you're doing off-roading, then you're going to be doing that on the dirt. If you're going to do it on the dirt, then that's where the blacktop ends. And where the blacktop ends is where Keith Urban starts singing. So you enjoy Keith Urban. This is Keith Urban singing Where the Blacktop Ends. And you'll love that. Good on you. Hey, you enjoy this. This is Scott Gibbons at Sunday. Love being with you.
3: And the dirt and the gravel all me Going back to the world, well, Gonna visit old friends And feed my soul With a black top ends hey. I'm looking down the barrel Of Friday night And riding on the river Of freeway lights A goodbye city I'm country bound to so Monday rolls around <laughs> Gonna off my shoes and run and bare feet And wear the grass and the dirt and the gravel on me Going back to the well gonna visit old friends And feed my soul where the black tub the Working in the ground is an uphill road Launching that clock and carrying that load I've busted all week and met I'm free The weekend belongs to me <laughs> I'm gonna kick off the shoes and run in bare feet Where the grass and the dirt and the gravel on me Going back to the well, gonna visit old friends And feed my soul We're the the blacktop beach So come on, give me some fresh air, give me that fun. Sometime with you in my arms I'm away from the hustle and the pressure and the noise I'm Gonna kick off my shoes and run in bare feet Where the grass and the dirt and the gravel on me Going back to the well, going busy old friends Feed my soul, you betcha I'm Gonna kick off my shoes and run in bare feet Where the grass and the dirt and the gravel on me Back to the well, go and visit old friends and feed my soul. Where the black top we where the black top is, where the black top
0: with the blacktop ends keep over there isn't he good isn't he good so caravan sway now club 4x4 and rv daily magazine did a little article and it's so excellent it's uh, what causes caravan sway and so they give you a caravan sway survival guide so what happens is and it's a little bit technical bear with me on this because i'll try and make it as simple as i can but a big truck particularly if it's flat nose it generates a diagonal bow wave of considerable force and also creates a vortex which is like a an air-like whirlpool along its immediate side now that vortex causes an overtaking rig that's your car and caravan to be initially drawn towards the truck so when it's some meters behind the truck's cab but just as the tow vehicle nears the front of the truck the very strong bow wave pushes the front of your tow vehicle strongly away from it so meaning that the vortex sucks the front of the caravan towards the truck and that movement is enabled by the overhung hitch, causing it to sway strongly. Now, in that situation, what they're suggesting you do is just hold your steering wheel firmly. Hold it firmly, but use only the pressure to prevent the sway building up. Don't, Don't attempt to correct the sway by using opposite lock and don't, do not, break the tow vehicle. Do not put your brakes on tow vehicle. This is what's recommended by Club Four by Four. So. Because if you do that, uh, what they're suggesting is don't don't put the brakes on the tow vehicle, but use the override on your caravan brake controller to apply the caravan brakes. So you don't you don't break the tow vehicle, you break the caravan. You are braking it. You use the brakes on that. However, if you've got an Alco or a Tucson Electronics sway control system, then they may uh, just automatically actuate in that situation, and so you're as good as gold, maybe. So that's good because they're excellent units. So. That sway is fundamental to all rigs with an overhung hitch, so when the tow vehicle swings one way, that overhang causes the caravan to swing the opposite way, and likewise, a caravan sway causes the tow vehicle to sway, so the sway is damped by intended friction between the tow ball and the receiver, uh, not if it's greased, and, and a friction like shuffling effect inherent in the footprint of the tow vehicle's rear tyres on the road, so the greater that overhang, the worse the effect, it's no coincidence that so many accidents involve dual-cab with extended chassis. So if that overhang isn't excessive and the caravan is a sane, S-A-N-E, sane, percentage of the tow vehicle weight and correctly loaded and with adequate ball mass, then the sway should just diminish within two or three seconds, otherwise it might escalate. So the instability is fundamental. So there you go. But at lower speeds and, and a strong side force, as with the truck, affected rig may just cause the rig to sway around a bit and then settle down so the effect however is, is very much it's very much speed related so if you're attempting to overtake a truck traveling at say hundred k then your rig is likely to be traveling at 110 120 and what might happen next is what physicists call <laughs> chaos theory chaos theory so there you go so if you give something a sufficient nudge like the the truck's bow wave that's a an adequate energy source or momentum, then a fast towed caravan may exceed a certain critical speed and that's where the problem comes in. So there you go. But the caravan's weight is such, or as such, is, is not the major issue. So there you go. You've, you've got to be very, very careful. So the five rules to obey, don't even think of exceeding 110 when towing. Ideally, 100 is about the speed that is recommended. And when loading, place everything heavy close to the axles never at the rear of your van always as low. anything heavy put down low and it's close to the, the middle of your van where your axles are and when you're using a, a weight distribution hitch with a heavy caravan loaded to say 50 percent, ideally the caravan should then be about five centimeters low at the front and when towing at least five psi five pounds per square inch or 35 kilopascals to the tow vehicle's rear tire pressures reduce the front tire pressures by the same amount so add five in the rear when you're towing and maybe you can reduce five up front but that's up to you you'll work out the best balance for you and if the rig's left side wheels run on to the soft going if they run the soft stuff never attempt to correct it by steering don't brake. allow the rig to move as it is let it gently roll to a stop and then restart and bring it back gently on the road so there you go there's something for you eh? There's something for you. I would reckon that's things that we've we've got to be aware of. Now, if it's things we've got to be aware of, then we've got to try and find all those little things. Because if, if you do something wrong when you're towing, then things can go wrong. Like boom. And if you're gonna have boom, then you're gonna have hands pulsing. Boom, shalala lo boom, shalala lo, hands pulsing. I know, I know you haven't heard this in a while. I know it. In fact, if you're not of a certain age group, you might never have heard it, but you'll love the melodies—just terrific. Hans Polson, Aussie song. Boom shalalalo. Here we go.
2: In a dreamy little country, there's a sleepy Sunday school where the schoolman. Annabella teaches Sleepy Golden Rules But the children were all waiting To hear the church bell ring but They had their own religion And all they had to do Was sing it to the world sha la la They will sing to you Shalalala
0: <laughs> Hands pulsed. Good, good, good. Now we we were talking about previously. We were talking about Club Four by Four, and we were talking about Ian Schubert, who wrote this terrific article about the things that you can do to make your vehicle illegal, not legal, illegal. And <laughs> that one of those is if you install too many forward facing lights so sometimes you'll see four wheel drive with a huge array of lights now in western australia you're restricted to a maximum of four additional driving lights so if you put four on the roof plus a light bar you are not legal that's in western australia so with the quality of lights out there these days uh, you don't need to maybe run as many as you as, as you think you do i mean they look they look good let's face it if you're a boy the more lights the better but there is restriction so There you go. Check that out. If you add a light bar or spotlights in the wrong position. So uh, you can't fit spotlights or light bars anywhere you like. So it varies from state to state. So you've got to check out your state. But again, in Western Australia, you can run additional lights on the roof of your vehicle or below the the front edge of your bonnet. Uh, But you can't install them so that they protrude forward of your bull bar or above the front edge of your bonnet. And they also need to be mounted symmetrically in a way that isn't going to hurt someone. So, again, check with your state authority as to what you can do. Because difference, I don't understand it. I do not understand how we can have one nation, uh, like big, big island of Australia, little island of Tasmania, but big nation, and then we have different road rules. It doesn't make any sense to me how you can have different rules. Anyway. Towing something beyond the capacity of your vehicle is another one that makes your vehicle illegal. So caravans and camper trailers, they're getting heavier every day and people are often towing things that they aren't legally allowed to. So every four wheel drive comes with a maximum towing capacity along with the maximum tow ball weight, your GCM, which is your gross combined mass and a whole range of other figures that you need to investigate. So uh, there's something. So you can, you've got to be aware of what your vehicle can tow and your manufacturer can help you with that. <clears throat> Pardon me. So, oh, here's the thing. If you fit a tray that's too long. So there, there's some interesting restrictions when it comes to modifying your four-wheel drive. And one specifically relates to utes. Now, how long the tray is that you install. And Everyone should know about the huge increase of dual-cab-ute chassis bending in Australia, like some of the chassis bend. They're not meant to. <laughs> They're not meant to. And it's part of the reason why you can't fit a tray that's too long. So the general rule is the tray can only be a maximum of 60% of the wheelbase measurement. So if you exceed this, you end up with an illegal, not legal, four-wheel drive, and it's much likelier to, to be bending. So there you go. There you go. Um, you've got to fit a body lift, fit a body lift, without engineering. So one of the ways to lift your four-wheel drive is to fit a body lift. So it's basically aluminium or plastic blocks that separate your body and your chassis, and it's a cheap way to lift a four-wheel drive, but it's got a lot of downsides, a lot of downsides, including you need to see an engineer or get a permit to have it approved. So, you know, it's not suggested that that people run a body lift purely after having, um, you know, some people, you put them on their different vehicles, and, and it, it's not legal. So again, if you have an accident, and this is the whole idea of the exercise, if you have an accident and the assessor comes out and sees that you've done something wrong to your vehicle, then it can be that you're not insured. Simple as that. So you paid the premium, you've had a massive write-off, you're expecting to get all that money back, and they say, now hang on, that accident could have been caused by what you've done, and so therefore... We're either reducing your claim or eliminating your claim. Bad, bad, bad. Now, overloading your four-wheel drive is another one. You can you can see overloaded four-wheel drive from a mile away. If it's set up with all the gear, plus it's carrying a couple of passengers and it's had no GVM upgrade, then you can guarantee it's pretty close or maybe even over the limit. And every four-wheel drive comes with a maximum GVM, gross vehicle mass. And this includes every single bit of weight on or in your four-wheel drive, including The tow ball weight, including you, including your fuel, including the water that you're carrying. So if you take a 200 series and you put five adults in it, so I mean generally there are seven seater, so you only put five adults in it, you fill the fuel tank up, you install a bull bar, uh, you're probably already illegal. Probably already, and that's a 200 series. And that's without a rear bar, that's without a second spare, that's without your fridge, without a second battery, without your scrub bars, your sidesteps, without your rear drawers, without your food, without your water. Everything else that's normally on a four-wheel drive set up for travelling, if you take a 200 series and you put five adults in it, you fill the fuel tank up, you install a ball bar, you're probably illegal. So it's super easy to have a four-wheel drive that's overweight. Super easy. So uh, the authorities are regularly pulling people over and they're weighing them these days. They are doing a weigh for you. So they'll weigh your vehicle. And and if you're overweight, and we're talking about your vehicle, (laughs) if you're overweight, you could have a major problem because you're you're likely to either have to take a lot of gear off your vehicle and get it towed home anyway or get it flat-topped home. So there you go. If you install extended shackles, so if you're running leaf springs, and one of the cheap ways to get more lift is to remove the factory shackles and install extended ones, uh, they can work well, but they're also illegal. And they're not not worth fitting. Not worth fitting. So save your money and buy the correct springs. Uh, do If you do a solid axle swap without engineering, that's a problem. So there aren't too many four-wheel drives today that are running solid front axles, but there's a big obsession with them for serious, hardcore four-wheel drive tracks. So a lot of modern four-wheel drives, they've had their independent front suspension chopped out in place of a solid axle, uh, it's often a, a Land Cruiser diff, and there's something about the average do-it-yourself person would be capable of doing it anyway, it's not something you, you'd normally do, but it requires extensive modifications, it needs to be done well, uh, but you need to get it engineered. You need an engineer to make it legal. So there you go. You've got to do that. So trying to make everything, everything fit and make it work. As I say, there's 32 things that Club 4 by 4 and Ian Schubert suggest, and I'll give you some more later. But in the meantime, we might have another song. What do you reckon, another song? I think so. What about twilights? We haven't had twilights in a long time. Twilight's Needle in a Haystack. You'll love this.
2: <laughs> You'll, I'll
0: love it. Even if you don't like it, I'm going to like listening to it. So here we go. The Twilight's Needle in the Haystack. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. It's Sunday. It's great being with you. a camper trailer and reversing it and doing all the tight U-turns and all the things like that, tough towing, it can be simplified. And and in camper trailer lifestyle, uh, they've talked about how to do a tight U-turn. So when you find yourself at the bottom of a dead-end track and no choice but to turn around, a camper trailer can make a simple U-turn a tough job. But by applying the trailer electric brakes independently as you reverse, you can make the trailer turn and jackknife much quicker than without using your brakes. So while it can be a nuisance during general reversing, that's a little handy trick and it can save you a lot of turning space. So all you do is when you're reversing, use your trailer brakes and that will prop it and will make the uh, your tow vehicle give a much sharper turn. Very, very clever. Uh, steep decline stabilisation, so it can be a little nerve-wracking, descending a super steep hill, especially with a camper trailer in tow. So the added weight of the camper trailer will be pushing your four-wheel drive, which can cause your vehicle's wheels to maybe lose traction and and maybe even skid. And this can lead to the vehicle and the camper trailer sliding sideways sometimes, which is not a good position to be in. So fortunately, there's a few little things you can do to help you in the situation. The first thing is to engage your vehicle's rear diff lock. So if you've got a rear diff lock, engage that, and that'll help stabilise the rear of your four-wheel drive. And the second thing to do is to intermittently apply the camper trailer brakes independently to your four-wheel drive to keep your vehicle speed under control. And that means your camper trailer is effectively pulling backwards against your four-wheel drive instead of pushing you downhill. Very, very good. And number three is geared right. So choosing the right gear can be a critical decision in true off-road driving scenarios. So imagine what can happen if you're halfway up a steep incline with a few tonnes worth of camper on your back and then you run out of steam. Well, (laughs) you, you don't want to avoid losing everything there and losing your momentum on the way up. So if you're heading back downhill, engaging the clutch means you'll lose engine braking as well. So that's why it's always best... be able to pick the right gear before you hit the obstacle and stick to it so uh, a lot of people recommend that second gear low range is a good starting point straightening up fast well straightening up your four-wheel drive and your camper trailer after a tight turn isn't always as simple as just driving straight so if you don't have enough room in front of you for the trailer to pull back in line In some situations, the quickest way to end up in a straight line is to actually weave hard left and then a harder right, and the idea being that it pulls the front end of your camper trailer back to the centre quicker than simply driving straight, which... You know, so when that's necessary, well imagine coming around a tight corner only to have a set of ruts in front and that requires the camper to be tracking straight behind you. So there you go, a little bit of a, a clue there. And then you've got bumpy rocks and jumpy throttles. So a, a, tough, a tough time can be if you've got a, a touchy throttle. And that can be a real handful off the beaten track, especially if you're in low range. So it'll have you jolting and jumping around like a jack-in-the-box. So throw in some bumpy rocks, a camper trailer and a glass of milk, and if you've got yourself a fair dinkum milkshake. So to, to dull that all down, and, and if you've got an overly excitable accelerator pedal, you can select a gear slightly higher than usual to drop your engine's reps. So in most cases, that'll reduce the engine's responsiveness to acceleration and make it feel a little bit more karma. So that's a good thing to do. That's a good thing to do. There's some clever people out there, aren't there? And they and they share this information. I love sharing it with you, and we uh, you know on a Sunday, we get to do all this good stuff. We get to talk to you about all the good things out there, and some of those good things are just clever. You know, so you know what what have you got coming up now? If you're housebound, uh, and we're not totally housebound just yet, but it may prove it may prove to be there's other places in the world that Ah, uh, uh, they're housebound. So you know what are you going to do? You can maybe you can go out and give your camper trailer a good detail. Maybe you can go out and pull all the things out of it and think, gee, do I really use that? When was the last time I needed that? So maybe you can pull some weight out of your camper trailer, some weight out of your four wheel drive, some weight out of your caravan. You know, get some car polish. And 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 give your vehicles a real beaut polish. Make them detailed up, ready for your next thing. You know, maybe you can get rid of some of those pinstripes that you put on through some of the bush that we have out here. There's some beaut things you can do. So you know, don't feel that the world has stopped. But you know, you can go and get, jump on the web and have a look at the new camper trailers are out there have a look at the new caravans are out there get the dream going because i don't think the world's going to end i think the world's still a really really good place we're going through a little hiccup at the moment by golly You know that's not the end of the world. It just means that we've got to do some things. So you know maybe you can do some some pre planning for your next thing. Can you pre cook some meals? So you know if you've got a big trip that's coming up, can you pre cook some meals? Can you repackage some portions that you've already done? Can you use tin instead of glass? Can you use plastic instead of tin? You know what can you do to make things lighter and better and and for you? that's what it's all about so you know find out what you love about traveling and do some more of that you know what make a memory book some of the memory things that you can do you're not just going to be get stuck indoors with this virus thing we're going to get out there and we're going to make things happen and if it's not today or tomorrow then the next time that we're allowed to get out there we're going to do it if you're going to do it i think that's the thing to do and and in the meantime if you're stuck in the city Well, you might as well go to King's Cross. If you're going to King's Cross, then Frankie Davidson should sing to you all about that. Here's Frankie Davidson. Have you ever been to see King's Cross? Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. It's Sunday. Great being with you. We're on the road together. The show's called On The Road. You look after our sponsors because they're good people. Back with you real soon. In the meantime, you just enjoy yourselves. And here's Frankie Davidson. If you think
4: you've done some travelling, like I say you've been around... That you see the sights of Paris or the heart of London town You might say a night in Soho would be mighty hard to toss But let me tell you, boy, that you just ain't lived until you've seen King's Cross Have you yeah. ever been to see King's Cross where Sydney-siders Sydney's meet? There's a million places going places, walking up and down the street My right tourists everywhere in their travels do declare I've seen the world, you can hear them crying I'll bet you were tending to a con man's why You won't have seen the lot until the day you die, have you yeah. Me to King's Cross Now let's take the eating houses That you find along the way You might like to dine with a glass of wine Or a service shrimp mornay Or you can try a spot down under You can get a sweet course for a sack And you can write your will as you pay the bill Just in case you don't get back And you'll have a to King's Cross Where Sydney meet there's a million faces, going places, walking up and down the street. Why tourists everywhere, in their troubles do declare. I've seen the world, you can hear them cry, and I'll bet you attend to do a con man's why. You want not see seen the lot until the day you die. Yeah, you ever to see King's Cross? You've got a list of spots to see, and you'd like to spend some time. Tell the taxi driver just where you'd like to go You might do a tour of Sydney when in fact it's on the cards Let like the place you sort when you climbed the board Is up the road a hundred yards And you're on the beach in the cross Where Sydneysiders meet there's a million faces going places, walking up and down the street. White tourists everywhere in their travels do oh, declare. I've seen the world, you can hear them crying. I'll bet you a dinner to a con man's why. You won't have seen the lot until the day you die if you haven't been to see King's Cross. So if you're a weary traveller and you think you've seen the lot, we'll take my tip and make the trip while the money you've still got. And in later conversation, you'll never be at loss. Cause you can tell them all that you had a ball when you went to see King's Cross. Have you ever been to see King's Cross? Where Sydney siders meet. There's a million faces going places, walking up and down the street. White tourists everywhere, in their toes duty declare. I've seen the world, you can hear them crying. I'll bet you are dead to a con, man's why. You won't have seen the lot until the day you die, if you haven't been to see King's Cross. No, you won't have seen the lot until the day you die, if you haven't been to see King's Cross. No, you won't have seen the
0: lot until the day you die, if you haven't been to see King's Cross. Well, that's another show for another week, and it's been fabulous being with you. This is Scott Gibbons. You're on the road. We're on the road together every Sunday between 1 and 2, and if you get the chance... Tell your friends to listen in as well and make sure that you look after our sponsors because without those sponsors, we don't have a show. And I love being with you on Sunday. So look out for sponsors. We can come back again and again and again. Sunday's between 1 and 2. You listen in. Until next week. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. See you on the road.